Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode number one of seven and ask me questions if I was confusing. Number one of seven. Uh, I finally got around to it. I like the Fangraphs prospect assessment slash listing method. I like it. I enjoy it. They basically show most of their homework and other outlets tend to not be so good at showing their homework. What Fangraphs does is for each player that is considered a 35 plus or better, they add a specific value to the team's pipeline. So, for instance, let's say a team was at $150 million and the team would then add, in one way, shape, or fashion, a player who Fangraphs assessed at $23 million. So you have $150, and then you add a $23 without doing anything else. Just pick him up. You know, he's, he's yours. Their team um, pipeline value goes from 150 to 173 on the addition of the one tw- uh, on the addition of the 23. So it's not a case of I like this team or I don't like this team. It is these certain basket uh, this certain basket of prospects values out to this level and because they are at that level and other teams are at other levels you can assess how pipelines match up between each other players who are in the 35 plus 40 40 plus range provide a much lower value per player than do players who are in the 050, 55, 60 range. Not surprising, not inaccurate, makes complete perfect sense. So what you do is, if you were to make lists of, these are all the players on the teams, these are the values of the players where they fall on the Fangraphs prospect list. So because of that, all the numbers added together, uh, you can assess what Fangraphs places the pipelines at. I have decided, I I was uh, sitting around a couple days ago, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I went about and created a really ugly Excel program Two pages long. The top page is what the teams are valued at based on 
which prospects they have in which categories. And the second page is with those numbers added together, which teams have the best prospect values. So I put together the list when the list was six teams long. Now the team is now the list is seven teams long and I'm starting to um, <laughs> the way I phrased it on a tweet today. I'm not saying Fangraphs is right. I'm not saying my pencil shavings of what Fangraphs said are accurate. But if Fangraphs is right and I am right, then I have a listing of the Fangraphs pipeline ratings, one through seven, at least as far as the seven teams that have currently been completed. And of the seven teams that have currently been completed, the Cubs are one of seven. The Cubs are number one of seven. There are quite a few teams that still have not been accounted for. Quite a few of those teams have very good pipelines. Pittsburgh's has not been accounted for. Tampa Bay's has not been accounted for. The Cubs will not be one of 30. The Cubs should not be one of 30. But based on the fan graphs, methodology the Cubs are top of the seven that have been completed. Cubs are at the top of the seven that have been completed and I'm going to go through and so far of the seven here are the current rankings. Uh, penning in at number seven the Angels with 81 million at number six the a's with 105 million the brewers are in fifth with 137 the phillies who i just completed running the numbers on today are in the middle at 141 they are in fourth the Blue Jays are in third, 155. They're down a bit because some of their bigger names are now no longer considered prospects. Um, the Tigers are at 231. The Cubs are at 233.5. Again, that doesn't include all the teams. There are going to be teams that have pipelines that are better than the Cubs and the Tigers. And I shall continue to keep following and running numbers and da-da-da, etc., all that kind of stuff, until it's whatever of 30. But I think it's kind of useful to know the Cubs pipeline is respected by Fangraphs, and I don't think Fangraphs is going to gaga over the Cubs prospects. They are... Um, rather heavy on the Cubs hitting prospects, especially, um, well, Brennan Davis, James Triantos, Owen Casey, Reggie Preciado, Kevin Alcantara, and Christian Hernandez. Those six do a whole bunch of the lifting of the 233.5. 
which for some people, oh, that's silly because they're teenagers. Well, maybe, yeah, perhaps. But uh, <laughs> any player who ends up being fairly good or fairly bad as a major league player or prospect or washout or whatever that reaches the age of, let's say, 27 was at one point a teenager. Was at one point a teenager whether the Cubs properly and completely and fully and effectively and all that kind of stuff develop the players atop their player pool. Whether they do or not, we'll find that out eventually. Um, but as far as where the Cubs currently are ranked, currently are assessed, all that kind of stuff. Going 1-7, to seven, Cubs 233.5, Tigers 231, Blue Jays 155.5, Phillies 141, Brewers 137, A's 105, Angels 81. I will do more updates as time permits. I really think that a long-term goal, a long-term goal for the Cubs ought to be, well, I'm going to pull that back. I'm going to pull that back a bit because I don't necessarily like to talk about the Cubs as, um, sh the Cubs should have a goal. I don't like to talk about the Cubs should have a goal because really that is Jed Hoyer's job. That is Carter Hawkins' job. The Cubs executives have certain people who their job is not to wake up every day and go out and sign Carlos Correa. Or the, th this person's job is not every day to go out and make sure that um, Adbra Elzele is getting his lifting in. There are certain play certain people whose job is to make sure that scouting is being done for the upcoming draft, or minor league players or are, are being monitored. So there is the uh, portion of the Cubs front office who is pot committed to paying attention primarily to the major league club. Then there are people who are committed to one angle or another of the minor league club. A goal for Cubs fans on into the future. A goal for Cubs fans on into the future probably ought to be to keep that number at or above 200 million as often as possible. Yes, there will be times where it will drop below 200 million. Yes, there will be. However, the entire concept of trade off all the prospects to acquire this person or that person or the other person or whichever person to take a one in 17 gamble at possibly making the playoffs is absurd, is absurd. A goal of Cubs fans ought to be to be above 200 million 
in prospect value on the fan graphs, scatter graphs, as often as possible. As often as possible, keep above $200 million. If it gets to a point where the Cubs have to make a trade to get that player to put them over the top, okay, fine. Okay, fine. You make a, an Eraldis Chapman trade when the team is already looking like a uh, near World Series favorite. Near World Series favorite. Okay, yeah, whatever, as absolutely necessary. However, if the Cubs are pot committed to accurately assessing draft talent, accurately developing talent wherever it was acquired from, accurately assessing the waiver wire, hashtag Frank Schwindel. If the Cubs are effective at doing the little tiny things that nobody thinks about every day, then they will be better positioned to almost all of the time remain over $200 million in prospect value. And if they can stay above $200 million in prospect value most of the time, they shouldn't have those periods where, oh, my goodness, our shortstop got hurt in the middle of September, let's call up a guy who thought he was finished for the season. That really shouldn't be happening. That really shouldn't be happening. At every level in the pipeline, the Cubs should have quality starting pitching, quality relief pitching. Lefties, righties, fast guys, power hitters, Speed guys, everything ought to be accounted for to an extent. A goal ought to be for Cubs fans to have the prospect value above 200 million as often as possible. There will be times where it won't happen, but a goal ought to be have it above 200 million usually if the cubs have that number above 200 million per the way fan graphs now determines things then they shouldn't be being blindsided by things they shouldn't be being forced into oh we have no pitchers available let's trade um chris archer and hack julie to tampa bay for uh, Matt Garza because we have no other, no other starting pitching. Thinking long-term is not an evil. Thinking long-term is being an adult. The Cubs are at $233.5 million, and as numbers continue to tumble in, that should probably be Oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. It should be somewhere in that range. And as the numbers continue to pile in, I will continue to track them. I will continue to update them. And who knows, maybe I'm even close. I strongly encourage people to double check my numbers. You can double check them if you wish. Um, Fangraphs has 
assessed values for each slot on a board. And I think I'm kind of close. I think I'm kind of close. But if somebody were to say, oh, Tim, you did the number wrong for the A's. My response would be, I'm not surprised because uh, I, I'm not the world's greatest at Microsoft Excel or anything along those lines. Um, but I think I'm pretty close. A goal of assessing pipelines should be having an idea of where the Cubs are and where other teams are. If the Cubs are generally doing better than teams, better than teams in their division, then that's generally a good thing, especially since, in general, the Cubs will be having attendance at their games. 233.5. It's a number. It's a number. I can almost guarantee you that in exactly one year, the Cubs number will not be 233.5. Perhaps it'll go up. Perhaps it'll go down. Hopefully it'll go up. Hopefully the pitchers will get better and the hitters will get better. And the number will creep up closer to and possibly even beyond 250 million, which would be fantastic. And no, I don't think it would be reasonable if the Cubs get over 250 million to say the Cubs should always or almost always be over 250 million because where the Cubs are right now is the middle stratus the the upper middle stratosphere. It's not easy to have a 200 million dollar value pipeline. The Cubs have done a bunch of heavy lifting as far as making some trades, as far as hiring new staff, as far as taking aggressive gambles. 233.5 is a number. When the draft rolls around, the Cubs draft seventh, when that player is selected, that player will be added to whatever the Cubs are at at that time. That's going to be accurate whether there is Major League Baseball or not. If there is no baseball until the draft, then the Cubs will have 233.5 plus or minus whatever's been going on in the minor leagues plus the incoming draft talent. 233.5 is a very acceptable number. There will be higher numbers. The Pirates will come in higher. The Blue Jays will come... No, the Pirates will come in higher. The Rays will come in higher. The Giants might well come in higher. And that's fine. It's not essential to be number one or number two or else everything's been being done wrong. The goal is assess where you're at. Figure out how to get things progressing slightly better or at least as well as they have been. Take full and complete advantage of the available opportunities. One of those starts on Saturday. One of those starts on Saturday when the Cubs get to add international talent. As international talent is added, you know what happens? That talent can get added to the rosters as well. If you trust 
the Fangraphs rankings on international talent. Actually, I haven't even checked that yet. But uh, 235, 233.5. It's a number. It's a starting point. The Tigers at 231. Their pipeline is also fantastic. If you're over 230, you're doing well. It looks like Fangraphs is doing one or two of these every week. And as they continue to come through, I will continue to update them. And at some point, someone will ask, So, Tim, are you upset that the Pirates have a better pipeline than the Cubs? I'll, I'll tell you what the answer will, will be with that. Whether it's the Rays or the Pirates or one of the other teams that has a better system. I'm not crestfallen. Each team has a pipeline that, a pipeline value that they deserve. That they deserve. They have earned whatever lofty number that is or whatever low number that is. For instance, Oakland realized that they had to make some trades to try to make gambles, to try to win, make the postseason last year. And they ended up trading for um, Andrew Chafin. And out of that trade, the Cubs received Greg Dykeman and Daniel Palencia. As of now, Daniel Palencia and Greg Dykeman will be reporting to spring training. I would imagine next month, I would imagine, well, at least Palencia will be next month. I don't know when Dykeman will report. That will be depending on when the um, lockout is solved. But uh, Daniel Palencia will be in camp. Andrew Chafin is a free agent. The Cubs at 233.5, that is a good thing for Cubs fans. That is a good thing for Cubs fans. And those of you who are interested in the pipeline, a lot of the terror, the horror, the nightmares, all that kind of stuff, that was July, that was August, that was September. Now the Cubs have a rather good pipeline. Fangraphs respects the Cubs pipeline a whole lot more than Baseball America does or some of the others do. And it's nice for me that it's Fangraphs that gives the credit to the Cubs because Fangraphs shows their homework. I'll keep it going, and if you have any questions about the Cubs pipeline, get in touch with me. Let me know. Thanks a lot. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great rest of your week.